Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, hello, episode 136 on the New Truth Podcast, the truth about why your relationships feel so hard. This is if dating feels hard, your relationships feel hard, romantic or otherwise, we're going to unpack what is actually going on. And I was thinking about the um, the sentiment. So we just had, you know, last, last week's episode was about the top relationship myths. And I really have been thinking lately about this idea of how many times people say things like relationships are hard, right? Like that's just like a given, like relationships are hard, relationships are hard. And so much of my own healing was actually transforming that belief and being willing to say like relationships can be easy most of the time. There are hard things about relationship, but I want to just challenge if you are someone that walks around with that idea of like dating is hard, relationships are hard, so just have to like deal with it rather than actually what we hope, you know, is happening through listening to this podcast and what happens in both of our inner work, you know, in our programs and coaching is helping women actually get to believe that life can be smooth and easy. And yes, you'll experience difficulty, but a majority of the time things can feel good. And yeah. that is the truth about my relationship. But the the first thing on like why relationships feel so hard is probably because you're walking around believing that they're hard. And then that leads you to tolerating dysfunctional behavior or accepting really bad behavior or thinking that you just have to struggle and suffer in a dysfunctional relationship rather than saying, oh, wait a second, it doesn't have to be like this. I'm so glad you said that. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because yeah, it's, it reminds me of the saying relationships take work and I, and you know, me and work, I mean, maybe because <laughs> I'm a projector and I'm like here to live a pleasurable life. Um, I don't, I don't, I just hate the word work. Like everything about it makes me want to cringe. My work doesn't feel like work. My personal, you know, self-awareness and practices don't feel like work. It feels like choice and it feels like commitment and it feels like, um, being intentional. And I think like, that's what relationships need is, is if you think of your relationship, like a garden, you've got your own garden, your partner has their own garden, and then there's your relationship garden and all gardens need to be tended to. So are you, you know, we actually, I remember back to episode six with Kelsey, we talked at Kelsey Grant, we talked about, it was called fuck the rules, make your own. And we talked about like what the old paradigm of marriage until death to his part and then comes complacency versus like checking in every week with your partner, checking in every day with your partner, checking in every year. How are you feeling in this? Like what's working for you? What's not working? What do you need to talk about that we haven't talked about? It takes maintenance. It takes intentionality 
And, you know, but I think that I totally agree with you. I see that so often where people think relationships are supposed to be work and they're supposed to be hard because of course it's going to be, you're going to be challenged. It's a mirror. So if you don't have self-awareness and you don't have the tools on how to actually turn towards each other and open your heart after a trigger and how to navigate that and how to have open, honest conversations and how to, you know, speak your truth. If you don't have the tools and the self-awareness relationships are going to be really, really hard and so much work. (laughs) Like it's almost impossible. Possible and it, and that's most people. Like nobody set us up for success in relationships. So most people it will be hard for. But if you want to experience what you have in relationship and like what I have in my life and in my relationship, in all my relationships, it's mm. most of the time I say this to my clients: being in your heroine isn't about being blissfully, you know, happy all the time, which there's often a fantasy about mm. that. It's about it's about expansion and contraction and how you handle yourself, how you tend to yourself when you're in contraction. And then when you're so devoted to that and you, you have the tools and you have the awareness and you know, in relationship, how to bring it to each other, even in friendships to clean the stuff that's in the way, as opposed to let it fester and sweep it under the rug and shut down and create more, more anger, more resentment. Like when you know how to actually keep cleaning the sweeping. I don't even know the metaphor I'm using sweeping the, the, or vacuuming the carpet or sweeping the, I was gonna say rug, sweeping the, the, the ground, the floor. Pulling the weeds um, out of the garden. Oh, the garden. Oh my God. I always <laughs> do that. I'm the, I'm the biggest metaphor mixer. Thank you for bringing it back. Garden, <laughs> weeding the garden. Like if you're not weeding the garden on a regular basis and you're not watering the garden on a regular basis and you're not changing the soil when it needs to be stirred up or well, I don't, I'm not a gardener, whatever, doing all the things sounds right. Um, then your garden's going to get out of control and things are going to die. Mm. So like, you just have to be, you have to have the tools. You have to have the awareness you have to be intentional and if you're not like it's really easy to tolerate toxic relationships and just like in the name of well this is how it is because yeah for sure your stuff's going to get stirred up in relationship because it's a mirror and you have to face all your stuff so if you're not equipped I wish you well. (laughs) (laughs) And now I'm going to run with the garden metaphor around the truth about why relationships feel so hard is because you are probably tending to other people's fucking garden oh. and not your own. Bing, but bing, bing. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that now we're, garden. In it. <laughs> now we're in it on like why relationships feel so hard is because you're probably doing other people's work. Mm-hmm. And this has been a topic that keeps coming up for Kate and I, and, you know, we're going to do big picture into like how this shows up individually, but we know big picture patriarchal conditioning is women are set up to be the caretakers of everybody else, right? Like we're set up to be the over-functioners, over-givers, nurturers, self-sacrificers and shapeshifters for the rest of the world and especially in relationship. And pretty much 100% of my clients over the past 10 years have to do work around learning how to receive. Right. Like that, that, that's the unraveling of maybe I don't have to be the one who's always doing everything, but you are every, everything feels hard because you are doing too much. 
everything feels hard because you're not letting people show up for you. Everything feels hard because maybe if maybe you're taking care of your own garden, but you're probably taking care of the garden of, of your entire family or your friends or your kids or your freaking partner. And then your partner is just chilling right? Because this is now you're in that toxic dynamic partners like, whoa. And guess what? There are men who are happy to have relationships that function like this, by the way. So you have to know what to look up, look out for, because there are plenty of men who have that old paradigm attitude, which is I'll just make money and you take care of everything else. (laughs) Right. And so if you are exhausted in your relationship, take inventory of whether or not you're doing everybody else's work and not focusing on, on your own. And I really see this with dating. I really see this with dating and it's usually the controlling types because women have big agendas on how he should show up and how he should make the plan. And usually what's happening is there's no room for anyone to show up for you because you're doing everything right. And you're setting up the dates and you're initiating contact all the time and you're constant and you're getting attached very easily, by the way, also, and then spiraling into disappointment. If you haven't already listened to my episode about dating disappointment, go check that one out. But at the end of the day, everything feels hard because you're probably working way too hard, fixing and solving and saving other people from their problems and from their inner work and ignoring your own. And nothing sucks the life force out of a woman more than that. Totally. Oh my gosh. So true. And, you know, if I, looking through the lens of the saboteur, archetypes, I mean, all of them keep you working hard because you're not being yourself. Like when you're in your patterns, you're not being yourself. So it's good. Whenever people say this path is work and my clients start the journey and they're like, oh my God, it's so much work. And I'm like, really? I think like being in complete delusion, staying in toxic relationships, self-sacrificing yourself, like trying to control everything that's out of your control, shape-shifting who you are, like isolating your and not sharing your feelings like all of the patterns of the saboteur are so much more work than being who you are you just have to it's just it's just a new muscle that you have to build you have to learn how to live from this new place within yourself but i think about the for women their value and this is same with me my clients n- never have i attracted a client who's good at receiving I'm incredible at receiving. I'm like trying to figure out if I always was good at receiving. I don't, I don't know why I'm so good. It might at receiving. be one of your gifts. It might, it You're might just be wired. I am. It's way. so wild, but no, but most women, I, I, I've never, I don't think I've ever worked with a woman who receives well receives. I mean, I used to not receive compliments well, so I guess, yeah, some things, but they can't receive compliments. They can't receive gifts. They can't receive help. They can't receive support. And then this is the controller. And then they feel bitter and resentful that no one's helping and they feel so unsupported and they just feel like, you know, their husband uh, is a teenager, behaves like a teenager and just sits around watching watching football and drinking beer and doesn't actually help at all and just expects the world of her and doesn't, doesn't, doesn't do anything. And it's, it's because it was a setup. Like she set it up that way in the beginning. And, you know, there's so much resentment, but what's driving it is that we, that our, that the saboteur and the little kid inside believes our value is dictated by how much we give to other people and what we do for other people. And think about, you know, your own family system and the women in your family. Did you learn that from them? Like, if this is you and you're resonating with that giver, 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 doer, 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 nonstop, 
where did you learn it from? Who, cause as little kids, um, as Bruce Lipton says, we're in a hypnotic state from the age zero to seven. So you're just watching your parents and learning who to be in the world and how to be in the world. And so if you had a mom or a grandma or aunties who were just doing everything and the men would just work and come home and have a beer and sit down and watch TV, and that's what you witnessed as a child, that on some level for you is normal. Right. And and so we, we, we have this underlying belief that like people will only love us if we do things for them, if we sacrifice ourselves, if we say yes to their going to their wedding or going to, you know, a dinner, even though, you know, you need a break or whatever the thing is saying, helping someone move. It's like women just say yes. So effortlessly and, you know, without even checking in with ourselves because we've been trained to. So like one of the greatest gifts you can to make your relationships way easier, a practice and practice it in your friendships and everywhere is I'm sure we've talked about this many times before, but the line is just a no for me. Thanks for the invitation. It's a no for me. Or like, I'm, it, I, I can't help you with that. That's a no for me, but I'm sure you'll find good support, like even to your spouse, because women don't say no enough become a master at saying no to what's doesn't feel good. And, you know, you have to be in touch with how you feel in order to like, sometimes it can be all muddled and muddied up, but um, you got to know yourself every episode. That's, that's the core of the new truth. If you don't know your truth, you don't know yourself. Everything's going to be fucking hard, every relationship, because you're going to be operating from trying to get love from a, a, a faulty belief within yourself, as opposed to just knowing you're lovable, you're worthy, you're valuable as you are. In fact, you're more lovable when you're just being who you are and you're not over-functioning. People will be able to love you more. They will, yes. they will be more drawn to you and more attracted to you. It's counter to what your saboteur, your protective mechanisms will tell you. And the, I, everything you're saying, it's the, the core of what's driving the over-functioning is trying to be loved. Mm -hmm. Like, like that's, that's what's happening, right? See my values, see what a good girl I am, see what a good woman I am. And any woman who's going through this, this unraveling and unlearning process, you have to keep reminding yourself you're being confronted with conditioning, right? Because I, now we're in like people pleasing, right? If I had a dollar for every, I could have bought my house with this (laughs) for every time a woman said like, well, I don't want him. I don't want to be mean. You know, like, I don't, I don't want them to think that I'm selfish. I don't want them to think that I'm whatever, like, at the, and, and this is the knowing yourself, you have to have an identity, right. And a, a healthy relationship with yourself to that's what the protection is against not caring what people think, hmm. right. If you are really falling apart and obsessive about what other people think, that's the sign that you do not have a healthy relationship with yourself, right. That's the sign that you don't have a positive sense of self and get ready for parenting rants <laughs> coming down, coming that. down the next few months. But it is the parent's fucking job after the age of seven, from zero to seven, yeah. the parent's job is to teach the child that the world is safe, that they are safe and protected and loved. That's zero to seven. Then after seven, it's to teach them how to bring who they are inside out, right? Mm-hmm. To facilitate the awareness that you are enough and the and exactly how you express yourself is right and beautiful and good in the world and help them develop a healthy self-esteem, 
and a healthy sense of self as separate from the parent. My kid, you will never hear me say that my kid is a mini me or an extension of me. She's going to be a part of me, but she is sovereign unto herself. And it's my job to parent the child I have, not the parent, I, not the child I think I wanted, or to even think, to even parent from who I wanted my mom to be, because I had different needs. I'm a, I was a different kid than who yes. my child will be. And so this, this idea, and then I'm thinking about how many of that, I feel like I said this the last time too, that like the, the shit that was on Cosmopolitan magazine is now just on YouTube. Like we're still like saying the same things about women, women, like how to, if you even have the attitude of like how to be a good girlfriend, you know, and, and most of us say like, I've, I'm a good girlfriend because I'm so thoughtful and caring and I do everything for everyone. Or I, I'm always like thinking of him. So there are, there's the element that, that yes, I'm sure that's a gift, right? I have clients for sure. Like the thoughtfulness and care of who they are. Like that's really who they are. And there are people who will take advantage of that, yeah. right? There, there are people who, if you're not paying attention, will not contribute equally. And most of the time, so many women might be just so freaking happy to have attention, right? That they're going to do everything they can to keep it. And, you know, how this also came up is thinking about my relationship. And this has been the case since day one. So first of all, since day one, Andrew showed up so powerfully as a man of, of equal reciprocity and engagement around making plans, taking care of me, making sure we had what we need on vacations. I mean, like this man, what, like that's, that's how he is wired. We have shared responsibilities in our household. My husband does the laundry and has been doing laundry for eight years. And guess what? He doesn't feel like less of a man. If I see another post on that about like, there's nothing like about the masculine feminine polarity shit, I'm going to lose my mind because Andrew does not feel like less of a man by doing laundry. And we take turns in household chores and so much resentment of relationships and that over-functioning happens because we don't ask right now we're in how many women just struggle to ever ask for what they need or be explicit about it. Like just saying to your partner, like, Oh, I wish things were more equal. doesn't mean anything. Like you have to actually be explicit and no one wants to have these conversations. And when you're dating, you know, if you are feeling exhausted by dating, take a look and wow, am I like doing all the work? Right. Like, am am I always the one trying to make things happen? Because dating stops being exhausting. If you just literally think about like sitting back in your chair, right, you're not trying to make anything happen. It's actually letting people come to you. And it doesn't mean that it's always going to be like that because you're not saying, well, men, because this is all the thing, men have to do all the work, right? We're not saying that either. But it's that place of most most likely you are exhausted because you're always efforting right? And you're always saving and rescuing. You can't do other people's work for you. And I think that's the hardest thing that, or for them rather, I think that's the hardest thing that women wrestle with around like, my God, especially when you've done a lot of work on yourself, (laughs) you want to, you want to save everyone and teach everyone like that. You can't, you know, empowering someone else is not enabling, you know, empowering someone else is, Hey, this is what's possible. Do you want to join me on this path? Right. This is what's possible. Do you want to be in relationship with me or not? And letting people make their sovereign choices is the hardest thing, but 
we women like you're exhausted because you're probably doing too much. Okay, I have to tell the cutest story. <laughs> so we have he's gonna love this because he listens to the, the every podcast episode. We have a super fan um, who is a gay listener, and he relates way more to women's stories or way way more to advice for women than for men. Um, around dating and love. Mm. And of course, the new truth has, is so empowering. He actually shared with me, I had a phone conversation with him yesterday and he shared with me that he used to listen to a podcast that was like everything against what we teach, like the total opposite, like really manipulative tactics. And oh, then he boy. found the new truth and had this huge awakening. And he's been listening for almost a couple of years. And he said he went on a few dates with this guy and he was like, so I need you to know that I'm in the new paradigm of love. And if you want to date me, you need to be in the new paradigm too and here's the new truth podcast hell yeah hell yeah and they started listening to it together so I just thought that was so sweet and you know I just think like god everything you said there's so there's so many things that make relationships hard it's like when you're operating from your protection everything's going to be hard as I'm thinking I keep writing things down I'm thinking like if you believe all the made-up stories in your head like if you're making meaning tale. of other people's mm. behavior and every time someone, the, the person you're with does something or doesn't do something or, and you're making meaning of it instead of having honest, open conversations, then you're going to, it's going to be really, really hard. hard because it's you against you. And that's tr the truth most of the time. So I think one of the, one of the keys to making a relationship more easeful right from the beginning is and you got to learn this within yourself first as always, but is to learn how to be honest and vulnerable and just share truth at, at no, uh, at no concern of, of, of losing the person. Because if you share a truth and it's not aligned with someone else, then that's good information. And Very then good. it's not aligned for you. So, you know, pay attention to the parts of yourself that you hide or the mm -hmm. truths that you hide or the on because honesty and just checking things out too, you know, like how often do we take things personally, even in our friendships and don't actually check it out? Hey, I noticed I haven't heard from you in a few days and just curious, um, I'm making, I'm imagining there's something going on and maybe you're mad at me. Is that true? Yes or no? And then you, you have an opportunity to get intimate. They can tell you yes. And you have a conversation about that. They can tell you no. And then you, you know, get to move on and be relinquished of this ridiculous story that you've been making up in your head. But most of us just believe everything that we think instead of checking it out. So knowing, I mean, communication is absolutely the most essential skill to have in relationship. And it's not just communication. You can't just watch videos on YouTube or read a book about how to communicate effectively if you don't know how, if you don't know what your truth is and you don't mm -hmm. know how to speak it. Like mm -hmm. if you've been lying your whole life and people pleasers are the biggest liars of all, if you've been lying your whole life and been like, oh yeah, no, that's fine. Everything's fine. And you haven't been actually honest with yourself or in touch with how you feel or honest about your desires or who you are, then that's where you have to start because that creates a foundation of like, how do you know if a relationship is safe and, and you can trust someone is you bring that in at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, my, I, my friend Marla used to use this term, Marla Mattinson, she's a relationship coach. She used to use this term exquisite honesty, which I love so much. It's like being exquisitely honest with yourself first. Like most of us, 
most women are lying to themselves. They've built a life that is, you know, a complete facade of who, who they think they're supposed to be and a persona of who they think they're supposed to be, as opposed to a life that lights them up. I mean, that's why you're all here. I imagine, cause we're giving you permission to freaking live your own life and live, live in alignment with the truth of your soul. So when you do that in relationship, it makes it so much easier. Like if you're open and you're willing and you know mm. that triggers will happen, but you know that when they have, after they happen, the most important thing is that you're willing to keep your heart open and turn towards the person and own your part and, and have a curious understanding heart when you hear their side and their part. And obviously if they don't own it, that's good information, but it's like these, these in relational skills are skills. essential. That's how you make a relationship easeful. But if you don't know yourself and you don't know how to communicate and you don't know how to be honest, you need to learn that. Otherwise, your relationships are going to be way harder than they need to be. If you don't do the inner work, your relationships are going to be a lot of fucking work yeah. <laughs> like that. And I'm, I'm just thinking too about that, the old paradigm also, we just accept that that's true. Like we, we have a culture around like, oh yeah, relationships are really hard and, and dysfunction happens for everybody rather than actually taking a stand that we can have easeful, conscious, aware partnerships where, the, where we go through things together that are difficult, but we're not walking around saying the relationship is hard. Yeah. And I, I was thinking too about when, I mean, everyone knows this, when you start trying something new, there's difficulty, right? When you start working out for the first time or you're learning how to run or you're learning how to speak a new language or whatever it is, like to level set that if you've never known easeful relationship or you've never known how to be honest and authentic or you've never known how to be confident in your life or not run by your inner child or your saboteur, there's going to be a difficulty and some efforting that's needed, but trying to not say it of like, oh, this is hard, right? Oh, this takes effort. And you remember why you're doing it, right? Like when you have a why that's saying, and this, this is what transformed everything for me. I mean, you've heard me say it 20 times, 17 breakups on again, off again, right? For three years. And I was desperately trying, I worked very hard to try to make that relationship work, right? And there's a big difference between a woman hanging on for dear life to a relationship, trying to make it work and actually having reciprocity in a partnership where we're working at it together because we want to create something amazing together. And that's what I invite you to be paying attention to when you're dating. And if you're in a relationship right now, questioning it, it's wait a second, am I the one carrying it all, right? And maybe my partner doesn't, their personal development work doesn't look like mine, but are they operating with me from the same level of commitment? Like that's, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, you'd be gushing about my husband constantly because everything has changed and, and I've had the best pregnancy with him. I'm just so, I can't believe the way that I feel in my marriage right now, um, how connected and how in love we are. And that the truth for me is since day one, I've never questioned Andrew's commitment to us. And I know a lot of relationships like that, but that, and again, if you're not committed to yourself, and you're not committed to who you want to be in the world, how can you possibly expect someone to show up with that same level of commitment for you? Yeah. Right. We, we get obsessed with commitment, but then we're looking at our, we don't ever look at ourselves and say, wait a minute, 
are my emotions all over the place? Am I dictated by external circumstance? Am I not paying attention to myself and my life and doing other people's work, but then, oh, I want a committed relationship rather than wait a second, what do I want to be committed to? I love the story of the, our, our fan on the new truth, just He's flat out bad. saying it like that, you know, and guess what? If that just made you uncomfortable thinking about being that bold, like welcome to your work, right? The, the work of this is who I am. Do you want to play or not? Yeah. Right. That This is who I am. This is what I stand for. This is what I want to create. That's how I showed up on my date with every person I went out with. Like, and, and now we're in how important like self-esteem and self-love is. And yes, go listen to our episode again about the truth about self-love. It's not just this cliche, cute thing that we're saying, but my, for me, the path is uh, when I believe in myself and my value, that's when I can be authentic. Right? The trusting of your inherent value actually has to happen first. What usually blocks authenticity is you not thinking you're enough, right? And you, and you do all the people-pleasing performance, protect, uh, perfectionism things, which like you don't just say, okay, I'm going to stop being a perfectionist. It's going to say, I'm enough. Like I, I am enough. I have humanity. I, and that's what gives way for vulnerability, not trying to be someone that you're not. And codependency is over-functioning and, and doing everything for other people. And we have to address each of those patterns, you know, one by one. But I hope that you're, what you're taking away from this episode is maybe, I mean, I had to do this. The first thing for me was saying, especially after my on again, off again, so difficult, so exhausting, like dead dynamic. My first thing was, okay, I'm willing to believe that it can be easy. I'm willing to believe that dating can be easy. I'm willing to believe that a relationship can feel good and be easy. And if anything, to just have it not feel like this, <laughs> like the pain, you know, that I, that I was experiencing. And then I followed up that belief with looking at my contribution to why it was so hard, which looked like my codependency, my love addiction, my controlling of him and trying to convince him to be someone different along with my own idea that if I just do enough, right? Love is not enough, right? If I just love him enough, or if I just keep giving more and more and more, if I just keep showing him how much I want this relationship, like then he'll come around. Like it's not your, you do not have to convince someone to freaking love you. Stop, 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 stop. Yeah. And if you're coming from like the belief that there's a shortage or there's a lack, I was sitting, I was sitting meditating on the top of the mountain looking over the Acropolis today as I do. And I was just thinking how the, I was thinking about limited thinking around love and how women, my friend said this to me once, she was like, it's like, you're looking at an ant and you're like, but it's that ant. I got to have that ant. He's got some, a few good qualities that I really love. And it's like, and a lot of qualities that don't feel good. And she's like, if you just zoom out, like really, really far and look at planet earth, there's a kajillion wow. <laughs> ants and many, many, many billions of other creatures on planet earth. And why are we like, we get so laser focused on this one person, but the most important thing is that you went, if you were operate, I just saw a massive transformation with several women in the reclamation who came into the reclamation. That's my three month program where you unlock your heroin. And there were so many women that came into that program, like believing being single, there was something wrong with them or staying in relationship because they didn't want to be single, or they didn't believe there was any men out there or any aligned partners out there. And when you're coming from that place of lack, you are going to choose a relationship that's hard. 
Yes. But when like you have to be filled up within yourself, you have to be anchored within yourself. You have to get to, I mean, you don't have to do anything actually, but I encourage you if to get you to want a place. easeful relationships. Yeah, if you want exactly, <laughs> if you want easeful relationships, I encourage you to get to a place within yourself. And it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. But where you have an easeful relationship with you and where you have a loving relationship with you and where you're you're operating your life from a place of like just feeling good, like your set point is feeling good. Everything in your life, it's you're not going to feel good in every moment, but when you're committed to yourself and honoring yourself and, and living from anchored in your self-worth and making choices from that place, life does get easier. And when challenges come along, you can handle them better. And, you know, when you have that, it, to me, it's just the word is like anchored. When you're anchored inside of yourself, you it, it's a grounding feeling. It's a peaceful feeling. It's a, I'm good. You know, it's not a, I need something. I need someone to fill something. Like if you're coming from that place, that's codependency. You're going to attract a relationship that you need. And if you need your relationship for any reason, whether it's a pleasurable one or a painful one, it's a setup and it's not going to be easeful. It'll be easeful if you are a sovereign, independent woman, like you're raising your daughter to be. And if your partner is a sovereign, independent person and you both are have willingness to grow and willingness to be honest and willingness to look at your side of the street and own what's yours when conflict arises but it's a it's a taking full responsibility for everything that's going on inside of you and full responsibility for your own happiness so that you're not constantly like I think of the toxicity of most like so many relationships where it's just constant like blaming and attacking and you you're not doing this for me and you're not doing this good enough and you're not taking care of yourself and you're not like why didn't you call me last like at the right time and there's just all this expectation and blame because we're not taking responsibility so you got to come home, homecoming. We have the homecoming with Catherine, the reclamation with me. Like you got to come home to the truth of who you are and learn how to be a sovereign woman who is full within herself so that you, and anchored within herself so that you don't date and get into relationships from a place of lack because it's a setup and then it's going to be really fucking hard. So lots of reasons. I'm sure we could go on and on and on and on and on. There's so many reasons, but yeah, take radical responsibility for yourself, how you feel, your triggers, your wounds, your life, everything, all of it. And this, I keep thinking that the main, like when I imagine a world of women living like this, like that's, that's how the world will change. And so much of my, you know, I, I was the lineage of martyrs. Like my mother, my entire mother line is all martyrs. And the, the most healing thing, which is like another plug for group work, another plug for looking at who you surround yourself with and who your friends are is like, are you hanging out with a bunch of women who are people pleasers and and over-functioners or are you making sure you're surrounding yourself with having evidence of women who live like this? Like, yes, you can listen to our podcast, but you're not in Kate in my life. You need people around you where you're witnessing women who can say no, witnessing women who are taking care of themselves, witnessing women who are in happy, healthy relationships with men who really show up for them and adore them. Like that, I know I've shared this before. I spent a year asking couples in my conscious community that I was a part of, if I could just hang out with them for a couple hours on the weekend to witness how they operated 
together. And so that remembrance of what you see, like, don't just watch the bullshit TV. I mean, really pay attention to what you're taking in, you know, what movies you're watching, what books you're reading, what stupid shit on social media you're watching and then making meaning out of their relationships. Get into your life right? Not just get into your body and get anchored in yourself, but like be in your life. What are you doing? Are you, who are you surrounding yourself with? It's so much bigger than romantic relationship. And I'm sure plenty of people have said this to you, Kate, like my, all my clients, their friendships change. And many of them, many of them let go of, that was the case for me when I began my journey. And there's, there is space and grief for that. You know, when you change and people aren't getting away with taking advantage of you anymore, you know, there might be some evolution and, and, and change that happens, but having, like, I'm thinking about the women that I have witnessed. Like I went from watching my mom try to do it all to, to meeting my relation who ended up becoming my relationship coach. I met her at a women's retreat. I watched her have so much support in her life. Um, she was 45 years old when we met and I was 27, (laughs) um, at 26. And I remember like, it was a completely different world for me to be around her family and watch how much support she had in her life and how her husband supported her. So I just wanted to give that last plug of like, yes, you have to do this in her work, but take inventory of who you are surrounded by and, and please have at least one woman in your life who's living these principles that you can be inspired by instead of jealous of. Like, what if she's modeling for you? What is possible for you? Cause that's how I learned. Like it wasn't just at home reading books or like sitting in a therapy session. I really made sure I was out in the world with the, and, and now I, you know, I just had my birthday. Like I'm surrounded by the most phenomenal women and I don't have women in my life who function from these dysfunctional places. Like I just don't. Um, and that took time. But remember the New Truth Movement Facebook group is there for you. We both have, there's a reason we each have group programs because we do need each other, right? To come into the new paradigm and to come into these new patterns. You don't have to do it all on your own, which of course is what you are shifting at the end of the truth about this episode, right? What's making everything so hard is because you're probably trying to do it all fucking alone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's it. That's it for me. You're getting bad advice from your friends. Like being around, I'm so glad you brought online sisterhood is everything in the reclamation. That was the number one thing everyone said. We had our final call from the last group, the last three month one. And uh, so everyone was like the sisterhood, the sisterhood, the sisterhood is everything. And they just met through Zoom, you know, and they're all like one Zoom call a month and then a Facebook group. And they're so close and they're all connecting with each other and they're all on the journey and the path together. If you don't have aligned sisters in your life, you like you need where I have my friends call me out. They call me out on my patterns like when I'm dating and I'm like, wow, thank you. I don't take it personally. I'm so grateful. They call me out when I'm tolerating crap. They call me out on everything and with so much love. And it's like a, a call to rise, but you have to be around the right women when you're around, you know, like you said, women that aren't on the path that aren't dedicated to getting to know their own soul and her just in the old paradigm, you're just going to get a bunch of shitty advice about like, you should just leave your relationship or you should stay because he's making the money or whatever the thing is. So 
who you surround yourself with is either in the gardening metaphor, it's either the water or it's the soil, but like your community is everything. So I'm so glad you brought that in. And we will wrap it up there because we could go on for 10 million years about why relationships are hard, but that's a good place to start. Um, and we love you so much. Share this episode with any woman you need to know, you need to know, you know who needs to hear this um, message, who's in a relationship that feels hard or who's terrified of relationships because they've been hard. And we will see you next week. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, You can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon.